You're listening to The Side Hustle Show, the business podcast you can actually apply. I'm your host, Nick Loper, and today I'm breaking down five of the most popular side hustles and what you might consider doing instead. This was another one that was originally recorded for YouTube, so the pacing is a little tighter than what you normally hear on a podcast, but it's all good stuff. Notes and links to all the resources mentioned are at sidehustlenation.com slash popular. Ready? Let's do it. Number one is freelancing. Providing some type of freelance service, it's a popular side hustle, and it's actually one that I often recommend to people who need to make money quickly. It's a great way to start and something that I've done myself too. The limitation with freelancing or consulting, of course, is that you only have so many hours in the day, which puts a natural cap on your earning potential. You might also face the challenge of clients hiring you and your knowledge and your expertise instead of the result that you deliver for them. I call that the freelance trap. Your expertise is definitely a good selling point, but can be tough to grow out of if you want to expand. So what might you consider instead? If your goal is to build something that grows beyond yourself, consider an agency or matchmaker model from the beginning. What do I mean by that? So instead of freelance writing, consider starting a content writing business, a content writing agency. Instead of doing graphic design, consider starting a design agency. Instead of cleaning houses, consider starting a cleaning company. There are examples in the Side Hustle Show archives of all of these. For example, Gabe Arnold started Copywriter Today and grew it to 20 grand a month. His strategy was to bring other people on to write the content and then for him to focus on getting clients. You don't even need to be an expert in the business that you start. So this is one of my favorite examples comes from Russ Perry, the founder of Design Pickle, mega popular graphic design service. He admitted to me on the Side Hustle Show, I sucked at design. This model works for offline businesses as well. We've heard from Chris Schwab, who built a residential cleaning business to 60 grand a month in just two years, while never doing any of the cleaning himself. Popular side hustle number two is taking surveys. If you look up any list of ways to make extra money, you are going to be sure to find some online survey options. I even include them on Side Hustle Nation. These are websites and apps like Swagbucks, Survey Junkie, Inbox Dollars. And while you can definitely make a little bit of money answering surveys and watching videos, I think you're going to find the effective hourly rate there to be pretty sad. Now, an exception is there are a few survey resources that I do really like, which I'll link in the description. These are more in the uh, industry professional market research arena, but they usually pay around $100 an hour. And especially lately, they're almost entirely remote. But what can you do instead of these online survey apps? Instead of being the person answering the questions, I want you to consider flipping the script and becoming the interviewer. Because that's what these companies behind the surveys are doing. They're trying to figure out your pains and problems and wants and needs and desires so they can go out and better sell their product or service to you. So flip the script. Ask people and business owners what their pains are. What problems and challenges are they facing? And how much are those problems and challenges costing them? After you've done your homework, think of the solution that you could offer. And even if you're not an expert, maybe you can play matchmaker. How could you help them make that pain go away? John Logar is an absolute pro at this. He followed this exact method to pre-sell over $120,000 worth of work. And it was just from simple conversations and learning about real problems, real expensive problems in his case. For more on this, I highly recommend Dane Maxwell's book. It's called Start From Zero. 
You can even do this in your own life. I call it the what sucks method of coming up with business ideas. And how it works is you go through your day making a mental note or even a note on your phone of everything that sucks, everything that annoys you, everything that other people complain to you about. Because if it sucks for you, it probably sucks for other people too. If you can solve that pain, you've got a business idea that you can go out and test. Popular side hustle number three is blogging. Now, don't get me wrong, I love blogging. The problem is most people don't go about it the right way. And I know because for my first five years as a blogger, I was that person. While I loved the creative process of blogging and building the writing habit, I spent countless hours creating content that almost nobody read. Most blogs I see fail as a business because they don't have a clear value proposition. They don't answer that pain point or what's in it for me, the reader. They don't have a plan to generate traffic and they don't have a great revenue model. So what might you consider doing instead? So instead of a generic personal blog, I want to argue to build a helpful authoritative resource on one topic. Consider picking up Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand. It's not about blogging specifically, but it's going to help you think through your customer's journey and how you can help them. When I come to your site, it should be immediately apparent how you can help me and why I should stick around. With each post that you write, think about how you're going to get people to read it. Is it going to rank in Google? Are you going to get traffic from Pinterest? Are you going to do manual outreach? And then what's the goal of that traffic? What's the goal of the site? Are you going to monetize with ad revenue? Are you going to monetize with affiliate products, your own products and services? Depending on what you choose, that's going to dictate your calls to action and how you structure your content. One model of website that I've seen kind of shortcut the traffic ramp up period is what I've called the modern comparison shopping site. This is the model exercised by sites like Finn versus Finn, which grew to 20 grand a month in their first year by writing in-depth product comparison posts. Check out sidehustlewebsite.com for my free video course on how to start your own site quickly and affordably. Popular side hustle number four is real estate. And this is one of the oldest side hustles in the books and it remains popular today for good reason. Because I mean, building a portfolio of houses and having other people pay them off, that's awesome. It can be a path to escape the rat race and build a pretty serious nest egg. But real estate's also super easy to screw up. It's often expensive to get started. It can be slow to diversify. And these costly and unforeseen problems, like my friends who had to redo their foundation for $90,000, can eat up years worth of your expected profit all at once. Now, if you are dead set on the traditional model of you know, buy and hold single family rental properties, by all means, go for it. It can work and it probably works better the more homes you own, the more economies of scale you can uh, work to your advantage there. Plus, you can also take advantage of leverage and certain tax benefits for property owners. And if your local market is too expensive, you might check out a site like Roofstock to search for income properties elsewhere. So what might you consider instead of a traditional real estate side hustle? I've been burned a little bit in the past by that type of direct ownership, but I do still see the value of real estate as an asset class. So I've been adding it to my portfolio in different ways. For example, I invest in real estate investment trusts, both uh, traditionally traded REITs on public exchanges and e-REITs like Fundrise. These allow me to earn passive income from this instantly diversified portfolio of properties. And I've never had a tenant call me in the middle of the night to say that they're 
hot water heater is leaking. Companies like Fundrise allow you to spread your risk around to a range of properties in different geographical areas with low minimum investments. I'm talking like 10 bucks now with Fundrise compared to the usual 20% down payment for a house. And if you don't like the idea of uh, tenants at all, you might consider the raw land flipping model, which at least one guest has dubbed the best passive income model. I'll link that one up in the description. I've also got a portion of my portfolio dedicated to short-term real estate-backed loans on ground floor, which uh, lets you lend a minimum of $10 on these pre-vetted fix and flip projects. The downside to all of these is that you trade a lot of the benefits that traditional uh, real estate investors swear by that leverage, the tangible assets, the depreciation uh, in exchange for being totally hands off. So you got to pick the path that aligns with your goals and then do your own due diligence. Now, another low risk way to get involved is as an Airbnb co-host or property manager. Uh, in this case, you would handle the guest communication, you would coordinate with the cleaners and the maintenance helpers, and in exchange for that, earn 20% of the booking fees. A friend of mine called this synthetic equity. You don't have any ownership, but you also don't really have any risk, and you can stack up multiple clients at once, especially if they're in uh, the same area. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. And popular side hustle number five is network marketing. Despite 99% plus failure rates, people are still drawn like flies to network marketing opportunities. You know, this is the kind of thing where... A friend you haven't heard from in years suddenly wants to sell you uh, essential oils or jewelry or pots and pans or the latest magic pill. Now, 
I'm not saying that all direct sales companies are scams. They're not. I mean, the failure rates for other business models can be pretty high too, because I've definitely had my share. Now, but why is network marketing such a popular side hustle with the odds of success so low and so well documented? What's the attraction here? I think there are a few reasons for that. First, these companies do an excellent job of selling the dream. Hey, you can work from home. You can be your own boss. You can promote a product that you love. Second, it's a business in a box, which is appealing not to have to create something completely from scratch. And then third, the commitment, the barrier to entry, the startup costs are usually very low. So it makes an attractive uh, side hustle for a lot of people. Now, what makes it hard to succeed, though? The biggest challenge with network marketing is just that. It's your network. Unless you have a systematic way to keep that network and that audience of buyers growing, you're kind of dead in the water. And since most people who sign up for these aren't natural marketers or natural salespeople, it's kind of a tough road. When you eventually tap out your audience of warm contacts, you, you stall out and you give up. And on top of that, you're only making a percentage of each sale. And that product has to be you know, marked up enough to share profit with your upline and uh, the company itself. And that can make commodity type products more expensive, harder to sell. A lot of these items are one-off purchases, which means you don't have any recurring revenue. You risk damaging your existing relationships, trying to pitch somebody else's products with fad products that a lot of these companies target. The demand might diminish over time. And then finally, you're married to a specific solution instead of addressing the larger problem. So what can you do instead of signing up for the latest MLM or network marketing company? I think you got a couple options. First is the uh, licensing, franchising, or buying a business route. Because if the business in a box, the business with training wheels concept appeals to you, you might consider licensing or franchising. Now, yes, your startup costs are going to be significantly higher here, but I think your success rates are going to be higher too. You can speak with other licensees or business owners before you get into it, who unlike in network marketing, they don't have any incentive to tell you how great it is. For example, Jordan Berry went out and bought a pair of laundromats, was super excited about that. He recommended resources like Biz Buy Sell and Franchise Direct to see what kind of opportunities might be out there. I especially like the idea of buying a business that already has a proven track record. That reduces your risk significantly since somebody else has already done the hardest part, getting that thing off the ground. Side Hustle Show guest uh, Cody Sanchez mentioned that the SBA the Small Business Administration has attractive financing options with as little as 10% down. And she actually teaches a whole course on how to buy a small business the smart way, which I'll link up in the description. The typical purchase price for a business is two to four times annual earnings, but everything is negotiable. Johnny Robinson, who we heard from on the Side Hustle show recently, was able to expand his window cleaning business with the creative acquisition of a competitor who was retiring, moving out of state. The deal that they worked out was just $1,000 down and then a percentage of the future work he booked from that seller's roster of clients. The second alternative I want to propose here is selling shovels into the gold rush. The other idea to consider is that many network marketing companies kind of tap into this gold rush mentality. They focus on fads or trending topics like CBD oil or the latest anti-aging products. And as a student of history, you know that the best gold rush entrepreneurs weren't the ones mining for gold. They were the ones selling the shovels. So when you see a hot MLM or other trending product that you know everybody seems to be talking about, think about what proverbial shovels 
you could be selling into that gold rush. This is an older example, but Tony Anderson did just that when she started an e-commerce business in the essential oil space. Her uh, site, theoilcollection.com, sells diffuser necklaces and uh, leather bracelets to essential oil customers. And she did over 100 grand in sales in her first seven months. Now, before you begin any side hustle, you got to ask yourself what your goals are. Do you want to make an extra 50 bucks a month? 500 bucks a month, 5,000, 50 grand a month. The path you pursue is going to depend on where you want that path to ultimately lead. I think one question that we often fail to ask is, well, what if this actually works? And if it does, would that be a win? As always, be sure to check out sidehustlenation.com and subscribe for more money-making ideas. Cheers. Once again, you'll find a full text summary of this episode, along with links to all the resources mentioned at sidehustlenation.com slash popular. And if you don't like typing links in on your phone, you can just click the one that I've conveniently embedded in the episode description of your podcast app for you. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet the guy with the six-figure side hustle sweeping up parking lots. Yes, I'll see you then. Hustle on.